Hello and welcome to episode 181 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Denman Chase, the Game Spirit Chase and the Betfair Hurdle are all featured on Newbury's card this Saturday with the Kingmaker Novices Chase the highlight at Warwick so it should be a really good day of racing. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of Saturday's jumps action with Wally Pyro looking ahead to Sunday's card in Hong Kong. So Bill, Cheltenham's not that far away now. Everyone's talking about it. It happened for, for months and months. We've been talking about it a little bit. In Maine, the Supreme, the first race of the meeting on the Tuesday. And that's because uh, you've got Rare Edition and Pay the Bill Syndicate, who'd won his first four races for you, including a bumper. And then on Thursday, you stepped him up to... Uh, two, three and a half, so almost two and a half miles. And uh, he was second to Marble Sands. Sent off four to five favourites, Sam Twist and Davis on board. I guess you expected him to win and initial disappointment would have been there. But reflecting on that race now, the, the Sydney Banks at Huntingdon, how did you see that in preparation for the Supreme at Cheltenham? Yeah, I mean, I was there yesterday, and look, the initial reaction after the race is obviously defeat when you when the um, say the bubble is burst, but when the winning streak comes to an end, of course, you're disappointed. He was going for five from five. Uh, the field cut up. The ground was a bit quicker than we thought it was going to be, but there were no real kind of pre-race excuses um, per se. Sam came into the paddock and um, felt that you know we had to go and try and make it because no one else was going to make it, and yeah, he, he he wasn't his usual fluent best. Uh, he didn't jump brilliantly. Um, and he was there to be shot at in the straight, met the second last all wrong, rallied a bit after the line, but yeah, was blowing quite hard afterwards. He did actually scope badly post-race. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least there was um, a, a genuine kind of excuse because the kind of mucus content was, was there. But that wasn't his real showing. And he sometimes you learn more in defeat than in victory and that might toughen him up a bit and he'll have a week off now and be on antibiotics and go on the easy list and then we'll build him back up you know the Cheltenham tree is still there um it's definitely not dead but I said to Charlie yesterday as we left the track I said look what we'll do is we'll get together a week before the festival and see him and if he's in the same form he was in building up to Kempton and he's working really well and he's back to where we want him then we could take a chance in the Supreme, I think dropping back to two miles yeah. with a bit of cover um, on ground that was slightly softer than yesterday would be perfect for him. Yeah. And we'll go and build again. And that's the only way you can you can really play it. And I know it sounds naff to say it, but the horse has got to tell us he's right to go to Cheltenham. We won't just run him at Cheltenham for the sake of having a Cheltenham runner. If he's a bit below par, we won't go there. Um, but I think the race would suit him. Uh, and look, He's he's better than he showed yesterday, and we live to fight another day. You know, we see it so often in racing that the horse can throw in a bad performance and still come back and win convincingly. We look at Fasal Vega on the weekend for Willie Mullins, who dropped out the back of the telly, didn't he, really, after what he thought was going too fast. And then looking at some of the sectionals, and I think they weren't going as fast as another winner that won on the afternoon. So, you know, you've got to think you know Fasal Vega's still going to go who was disappointing then Rare Edition if all well should be turning up at the Supreme 
you know, the two mile trip is brilliant for him. The cover is the main thing because he just ran too freely, didn't he? A bit higher his hurdles. Just it just wasn't what we saw at Sandown at all. Oh, sorry, Kempton. Yeah, he was he was so good at Kempton. He wasn't like that yesterday. I mean, one thing I, I said yesterday and I said again today is that Richard Johnson said to me that when um Menorah was beaten twice in the build-up to his Supreme. He was beaten over two miles three at Donny, uh, and then he was beaten to, beaten at Ascot a few weeks before, but Richard always felt that he learnt more in those defeats on his way to Cheltenham yeah. than he did in kind of facile victories and novice hurdles when you don't come off the bridle. So, look, there's loads of loads of positives you can take from the defeat. Obviously, it's disappointing when they get beat, but look, we've just got to take him back rebuild go again and he'll he'll run again when he's ready to run not when we run it he, you know, he doesn't have the racing calendar in front of him <laughs> he's got to be fit and well and ready to go again and have a zest for life and hopefully a bit of spring weather in the build-ups of Cheltenham will kind of help him and put us put the proverbial spring back into his step and then we go again but only then would we go um, yeah. we won't just go for the tickets so you'll try and run him one more time before the supreme no, 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 definitely won't run for Supreme. Not at all, his no, that's it. His, no, no, his yeah. next run, I mean, was, we're, we're the Supremes four weeks on, on Tuesday. Yeah. So we're, we're close to the Supreme now anyway, so he would have a week off now, and then he would have three weeks building up to potentially the Supreme, and if he doesn't right. make the Supreme, then you look at other things, but he's just got to be ready, and he's got to be well for us to, t- for, to let him yeah. take his chance in the race. Okay, well, good luck with the rare edition. Hope he recovers from... He was, you know, he's second. You know, it's not like he was fifth or something or way out the back. He's only beaten a couple of lengths in the end. The third horse was yeah. 62 lengths behind in third. So you know, it wasn't a disaster day by any stretch. I know you wanted to win, but sometimes, as you say, you learn more in defeat. And we hope he comes back and hope he gives you some good signals ahead of Cheltenham uh, and the festival that's coming up. Let's have a look at this weekend's racing then. It's Newbury, got a good card there, and Warwick also coming up with the TV cameras of both of these. We'll start at Newbury, ITV4 there, at the 150 race, which is a handicap hurdle over three miles. We've got nine runners going to post in this one. We've got Barbados Bucks going in there for Paul Nichols in the Stuart family colours. My dog decided he likes that horse. That's a tip for you in the background already. Uh, annual Invictus is in there for Chris Gordon, who's a son of Marla, who had a, had a horse running the other day. It was called Bob Marley, and he was a son of Marla. But this one is Annual Invictus. Uh, we've got, uh, is it Jatilui for Philip Hobbs, the two horse? I've never seen a name spelled like that before. Uh, west of the bridge in there as well. In what looks a bit of a tricky opener, Bill. Yeah, it does does look a bit of a tricky opener, and you've got a, you know, Paul Nichols always target. He's a bet fair ambassador, so he targets this day, and he tries to win as many races on the card as as possible. So it's always um, um, a day to potentially keep Nichols horses on your side. Barbados Bucks will be favourite. Um, he's been third on both his his starts since kind of abandoning novice chasing, um, a bit like Big Bucks. They're, they're kind of applying their trade now back over hurdles rather than the bigger obstacles. Um, <laughs> whether he's um, whether he's quite the real deal, he's, he's got form figures like the old proverbial number plate, you know, PF nine three three. It does sound like a number plate, but he, he he just concerns me a bit that the last run at Wincanton on on Boxing Day was a bit of a step back from the good run at Newbury um, when he switched back to hurdles. So that worries me a little bit for a horse that's going to be favourite. So 
he wouldn't be for me at the prices. Mm. West of the bridge, um, Anion Invictus, uh, gentle weather. I mean, you can make cases out for a fair few of these. I mean, West for the, West of the bridge is interesting. He's he's the one for money in the build up to the race, and I can totally see um, why that is. He's he's quite a strange one because. Uh, it's he, he rattled off a, a hat trick of wins last year when he was ridden prominently, and then every time they switch him out the back and go to sleep, he tends tends to not do his job. So you'll know your fate with him if if, if he's going forward. It's a, it's definitely a going day with him. But like I said, he's he's well handicapped on the fact that he's down to a mark of one three two, having having done the the winning in the around this mark and higher mark. So we know he's right to the right back to the right mark. Um, he was ridden positively last time um, when he was second to Dargini. Uh, he's he's very obvious. There's money around for him. He's going to be eleven to two second favourite. Um, he's he's definitely interesting. Um, but I was going to give a chance to Jatulwi, who you mentioned before, Philip Hobbs's horse. I always like Hobbsy at this meeting, and I think he he lines them up. And Tom O'Brien rides David Maxwell. I think must be banned. Um, He's ridden, Dave Matsoff's ridden him, the owner's ridden him the last couple of times. He's been very keen. Um, didn't run so bad when he was fourth at Cheltenham over this trip um, on decent ground, um, which I think he seemed to enjoy. So the ground will be pretty decent at Newbury. And he kind of got stuck in the mud a bit at, at, at Ludlow and never got home. But I thought three miles around Newbury uh, with Tom O'Brien taking over, I thought seven to one was very fair, Jatulwi. So he was the one for me. So Jatulwi at seven to one. Okay, 2.25, just shy of three miles, half a furlong shorter than the previous race. It's the, the Denman Chase, a grade two, with seven runners hopefully going to post. And as you said, Paul Nichols is uh, targeting this meeting, and he's got Hitman, who goes in this one with Harry Cobden on board. Um, one at Haydock, didn't he, in, in fine style, winning that graduation chase, which was another Betfair-sponsored race. And then uh, got pulled up, didn't seem to go quite so to plan in the, the King George. Eldorado Allen is, is in there. Pieces on for the first time for the Tizard Yard. Of course, it keeps placed a lot, but doesn't seem to get the victory. Fanny and Destreval's also got pieces on for the first time for Venetia Williams. And then you've got Does He Know in here, Sam Brown, uh, Kalishnikov in there as well. And Zanza completes the lineup. Hitman's always uh, done really well, but didn't work out last time. you got to forgive a horse one run, though. Potentially, I mean, he he bled last last time. That's always that's a big right, worry did, yeah, yeah. worry for me. Um, backing him on the on the on the um, return from from something like that. Um, the bleed is definitely a worry. Uh, I mean, he'll be a warmish prize favourite because, like you'd said before, he was he was on a steep progressive curve before um, he bombed out in the um, in the King George. Um, that was a big step up in trip. Whether he wants the three miles, last year's winner Fanny uh, El Dorado Allen's uh, back again. Uh, you know, he there was a doubt with him over the trip last year, and he got it. Um, so, if Hitman's going to get two miles seven and a half, it, it could possibly be around here. But there's a fair bit to forgive. Um, yeah. Last year's winner El Dorado Allen brings the best form to the table, but he's got all the penalties this time round. He carries eleven eight, so he's got six pounds more than the bulk of these. Which makes life life tougher. He ran well last time um, in the King George uh, when he was fourth to Brave Man's Game. I mean, the interesting thing about this race for me is of the seven runners. I think four of them have got first time um, headgear on, and you know, Kalashnikov's got blinkers on. 
Sam Brown's got pieces on for the first time. Fanny Destreville's got pieces on for the first time. Mm. Eldorado Allen's got pieces on for the first time. So everyone's trying to eke out a little bit of improvement. It's quite a tight little betting race. Um, Hitman's going to be around the two to one mark. Eldorado Allen last year's winner is going to be around three to one. I actually felt that if I was to bet in the race, it's not a great betting race with just the seven runners. I thought Fanny and Destreville was probably the vote for me. He's run brilliantly well. Um, uh, in two very competitive handicaps so far this season, Cat lugging big rates, weights around. Um, Charlie Deutsch gets back on board. You know, he was seventh uh, behind Lamilos in the Hennessy, um, or the Coral Gold Cup here back in November. That was a good performance. Um, you know, the trip might have stretched him, and he had 11 9, so he had a fair bit of weight to chug around there, and he did, he did that well. And then built on that when he was um, third to into overdrive. And sounds Russian who ran well at Cheltenham last week and or two weekends ago. Um he went um third in the road of Merrick. Um again had nearly a stone less than the winner that a stone more than the winner that day when he was third. So back into kind of graded company off levels, um, with Charlie Deutsch back in the saddle, getting six pounds from Eldorado Allen. And just a, probably a bit less to prove than Hitman now. I just thought around seven to two four to one Fanny and Desterel with Hills. I thought that was the that was the bet with me. I think he'll just run quite well. There are five in the game spirit chase, which is a grade two at three o'clock. Two miles half a furlong for this one, just a five. And looks like a good opportunity for the Tingle Creek runner up of this year, winner of the year before, Grenatine. Again, Paul Nichols, Harry Comden and Chris Giles, pink and purple colours, second behind Edward Stone in the Tingle Creek at Sandown. The previous one a couple of times, won the Holden Gold Cup, and he'd also won that celebration race at Sandown uh, at the end of last season. We got to Funambul Sivola for Venetia Williams, who's uh, not really been winning a lot. 12th of February last year, won at, uh, at Newbury, won the game spirit last year. So last year's winner's back again in this race as well. We've got the Exelia de Nuts going there for Joe Tizard in this one. And we've got uh, others going as well. Mortlax in the race. And so too is Mayalistic. But looks like uh, a, a nice opportunity for Grenatine to get back in the winning trail. Rated 170, much higher than uh, the rest of these. When I looked at this race, I wanted to oppose Grenatine. I, I went through it and thought, we can find something to beat Grenatine. Just because, uh, I don't know why. I, th- I think it may be the fact that... Um, he ran in this and he ran a little bit below par two years ago when Sir Royal beat Sh- Champ Grenatine was kind of back in third and oh, I just probably have memories of that race and think I wouldn't be in a hurry to take a very short price um, last year's winner Fun- Fumbali Savola um, I'll have another go Fumbali Savola um, who who won a weaker renewal 12 months ago when he beat Sir Royal and um, Sir Royal and Hitman and Sky Pirate. Um, he he obviously went, went and, and hit the frame in the chat in a, in a below par champion chase. And there's bits and pieces of his form that entitle him to go close. But he hasn't been great this season. He's run three times this season, and um, he hasn't got within twenty lengths of of anything this year. I mean, he's beaten twenty one lengths by editors Geet at Cheltenham the last time, and at Kempton he was nearly thirty six lengths behind the same horse. So he hasn't just he just hasn't run that well this year and when I was looking through the race I presumed he was going to get 
six, seven pounds um, from grenadine, and they don't. They're off levels. And you know, you, you mentioned ratings, and you know, grenadine's a one seventy horse, and Funambali Savola's a one fifty five horse. So you need Funambali Savola to run five, ten pounds better than he normally does, and grenadine to run five pounds below. It's very hard, hard set of maths that. And and you know, when you look at the others, I mean, Alexia Donuts was better last time, but it was a w- much weaker race over two and a half. Um, Melistic's been found out at this level in the past. You just wonder whether whether he's really got enough class. You know, he's got to find a stone from somewhere to to beat Grenatine. It's just about a safe round for for Grenatine, who's come back in great form this year. He's he was he was a really good winner at Exeter. Uh, in a race that he probably shouldn't have won with the conditions of the race, carried huge weights in the Holden Gold Cup and beat some good horses. You know, third time lucky. We saw win last week, Warlord and Dollars, good good yardsticks. And then um, when we saw um, saw him behind Eberstone at Sandown in the, in the Tingle Creek, it was a very good second. You know, Shiskin and Gentleman to Me, who we saw came out and franked the form in, yeah. in Ireland last week. Um, so if he run, ran to within five or 10 pounds of that, it would probably still be enough. So yeah, boring, but there's going to be a few short ones this weekend. And he's one of the ones I find it hardest to get beat. You'll be watching the 335 for sure. It's the Betfair hurdle over again, two miles, half a furlong. We've got a field of 18 going to post in this one. Filey Bay is probably going to be the favourite for Emmett Mullins yard in the JP colours, but he's rated 133 over in the UK. Only rated 124 in Ireland, but it has won last two races and uh, both of them over here, Doncaster and Wincanton. So not a stranger to coming over and taking the money. Uh, Rubo is in this race, the 13 horse for Paul Nichols. Now that uh, last race was behind your horse, Rare Edition, beating seven lengths at Kempton on Boxing Day. And when everything was going well for Rare Edition, Rubo had no answers to him whatsoever. So if he runs well, on Saturday, Rubo, that's really going to be an, another bonus for you there. Hacker de Plas goes in also for the Nichols Yard in the owners group. Another one that keeps, you know, winning. Nichols having a great season. Won the handicap hurdle at Cheltenham in the end of January. Icar Allen's another JP horse. Willie Mullins brings that one over. Philip Hobbs has got Monviel in the race. Another JP horse is No Ordinary Joe with Nicky Henderson. And JP wants to win this one, doesn't he? But, um, you know, what's the thing with Filey Bay? It's going to be backed again, isn't it? Because it's Emmett Mullins and because he keeps winning. And, you know, it's going to be a a, a competitive race. The bet for hurdle always is. It's it's a really, really competitive renewal. And there was a chance it wasn't going to be this time last week or beginning of the week when people were saying the ground's going to... Well, the, the clock of the course, Keith Olsen was saying the ground's going to be um, potentially good to firm. And people generally were fearing a small field, mm-hmm. um, sub-16 field, but everything kind of stood its ground. It's kind of got... 80, Harry Fry's horse came out, but there's a good you know, field of, of 18 really competitive you can make a case out for a dozen of these and it's a great saturday betting race that uh, i love the bet for hurdle um there's there's plenty to kind of unpick here and and try and find some value looking at the the top file b bay you mentioned um he's very short he's seven or two but that's the emmett mullins factor and he's now got new owners with jp and look, he he if he wins, he wins. You've got to kind of let him win at that price. 
um, seven or two on what he's achieved is 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 very short, plenty short enough for me. And the reality is, is that he's priced up on his connections, and we've seen it a few times this year. We've seen, um, you know, we saw an M- Emmett Mullins horse was a warm favourite for the Greatwood Hurdle, was kind of six to one the week before, and went off kind of sixteens or twenties. You know, so this horse is more likely to drift than to shorten up. He can't get much shorter than kind of three to one that he is now. Mm. Um, he's more likely to take a walk in the market than shorten up, just because this is more competitive. He's held his price all week. But on the basis that the field might cut up, it hasn't cut up. So this has to be, you know, you got to wake up and see this at fours or nine to two tomorrow morning. It's got to be. It can't possibly be three to one. It's just it feels feels too skinny. Um, it can't be the handicap good thing. Um, I mean, you can play this back to next week when I get, get this wrong, but he can't. But <laughs> he wins at eleven to eight by yeah. twelve lengths on the bridle. Yeah. You can play it back to me. That's not going to happen, Phil. Don't worry. It, so, yeah, he yeah. just feels. Yeah, he he just feels. Um, he just feels a, a bit skinny for me. Rubo, who you mentioned, was the horse that um, the the rare edition beat um, at Kempton. Um, who's got a nice mark of one thirty. Um, his 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 followers would be desperate for us to have done the job yesterday, but th- they now know the reason, so they don't have to lose heart. Um, they're the two Paul Nichols horses. Are quite, yeah, he says are well handicapped, and there's no champion hurdle horses in. That was his quote, and. Rubo and Hacker de Class de Plas are two solid yardsticks. They're bound to be be just there and and in the mix. But you know they've been well found in the market in in recent days. Um, look, I thought this was was really hard. I was going to have two darts at the board, um, and the first one I was going to go for was Willie Mullins' horse Iker Allen, um, who's nine to one at the moment with Coral. No one expected him to be declared. Um, particularly as kind of JP had Filey Bay and no ordinary Joe. Um, Ikar Allen was a, a horse that slowly got his act together last year. He was he was um, uh, fourth in the Triumph Hurdle behind Vauban and was beaten at Fairy House when heavy odds on, but caught the eye at Fairy House in December as a horse that he went our favourite, but he was third in a competitive handicap um, off a mark of 140 in Ireland. Um, they had loads of options. There was the valuable handicap hurdle last weekend at the Dublin Racing Festival they could have gone for. <laughs> they could have held him back for the county hurdle. Um, but this has obviously been the plan. And I just thought, we've seen Willie Mullins' horses run well in this race in the past. They've chosen to take a ch- take the chance off a mark of 146 in this race. Um, he's got a fair amount of class, Iker Ellen. And I thought nine to one, we don't, we haven't seen his best yet. He's lightly raced. Um, I remember when, um, you know, if, if I'm honest about Vauban anti-post for the, for the um, triumph hurdle last year. And when Iker Allen came out and won at Fairy House in February, um, he won the grade three um, at Fairy House. I remember thinking, oh, this is a new, this is a, this is a new triumph hurdle candidate. I don't like this. Um, when Mark Walsh did into victory there, and he, he just looked to have a bit of class, and we haven't seen the best of him since. And I just think he might still be work better than a handicapper in one four six. Doesn't look generous on paper, but I'll give it. I'll give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one I liked is actually the horse. It's been quite weak in the market all week. Um, it's Philip Hobbs's horse. I mentioned at the beginning that I like Philip Hobbs on this day and Monvial. 
uh, is a horse who was kind of seven, eight to one in the Enterpost list and is now up to 11s and 12s. And this is a lightly raced horse of, of Philip Hodds, who's only run six times under rules. Um, didn't show much in his his first few kind of novice hurdles. Won, won, won a maiden hurdle at Wincanton on his third start and then was impressive at, at Sandown. Um, and then kind of didn't really know his job in the... Um, in the Imperial Cup last year, but didn't run terribly off a mark of 120, but reappeared this season um, back in November at Ascot and bolted up, beat Shanro um, on quite a decent ground over two miles at, uh, at Ascot, like I say, back in November. Now, it's either been, they've either had problems and it's been a race against time to get here or they've held him back waiting for this race. Now, I'm hoping they planned it and it's a great plot. Um, if, if they have, he must go close. That's Monvial. He's around 10, 11 to 1 for Philip Hobbs. Nice racing weight. Tom O'Brien, I thought he'd do. So I'm going to go Icar Allen and Monvial. Great stuff. That's the action at Newbury on Saturday. They also race at Warwick on the same afternoon. TV cameras are there for some of their races. Let's have a look at the 1.30 start of the day. Two and a half mile handicap chase. Small field, five runners. Stolen Silver seems to win when I don't back it, doesn't win when I do back it. Sam Thomas trains and Adam Wedges on board was second at Cheltenham behind Midnight River, who everyone seemed to think was going to win, and Midnight River did win on that occasion. He unseated at Cheltenham the time before when coming to take on Galore and the others. I think he wasn't too many out, was it? Uh, three out, he unseated uh, Sam Twist and Davis there. Previously, he'd won at Cheltenham, back in April as well. A Galahad Quest goes here for Jane Williams and David Noonan, second at Wincanton most recently. Knight in Dubai for the Skelton who had uh, three winners at False Last uh, just the other day. They're in good form and they love a Saturday winner. Knight in Dubai is a horse that uh, was second a couple of runs ago, but probably disappointed last time out at Aintree. We haven't seen this one for 70 days since the 3rd of December when beaten 24 lengths and Aintree Mackenberg's in there for Donald McCain. And Massia Des Oboe completes the five-runner lineup. So, uh, Stolen Silver, is it a going day on Saturday? Am I back at it? Is it going to win? Or am I going to lose on him again? Not an easy one, this, because it, it's a trappy five-runner race with the question mark over whether Stolen Silver can give all the weight away. Um, because it's a handicap, he's rated 154. He's got no hiding place from the handicapper. Like you say... Um, he performed to a high level on New Year's Day at Cheltenham. That was a, a really good run. He's up four pounds for that, despite the fact that he doesn't didn't win. Uh, yeah, this is a career high mark. You're just on the verge of tiptoeing back into graded company when you're one five four, and it's it means you're carrying twelve stone and turned up in races like this and having to give two stone to horses. It's it's sometimes a big ask. Mm. Um, look, he's the most likely winner. Do I want to take the 11 or 8? Probably not. Do I think he'll, he'll win? Probably yes, but probably is expensive game when it comes to betting. And I would probably be keen to take him on. Galahad Quest gets loads of weight, but wow, he's a bitterly disappointed horse. You know, he's got pieces on for the first time. That may make a difference. But, you know, I, I, I look at his run of disappointments and you have to go back to February two years ago nearly two years ago since he last won so you've got a sack full of races loads of seconds you've got the 
best part of nearly 10 races since he's, since, um, since he's won. Um, three or four seconds in there. It's just he's becoming expensive to follow. He's well handicapped off 127. The pieces will have to eke out a bit of improvement. He, he'll go very, very close, but again, he's three to one. The pair of them kind of take out a lot of the market. Um, Mercedes Obo was a horse I fancied last time. He's got loads of class and showed up a bit better for that first circuit, but that was his first run for a year, and there was always the worry about the bounce um, when he was pulled up behind Elixir de Nuts, and we, we know he's better than a 136 horse. So he's very dangerous, but he's 11, and that that's a question mark. Uh, I, I came down on Knight in Dubai, um, the skeleton horse. Um, they're ambassadors to Warwick, so this this race would have been on their radar for some time. Um, was good at Bangor back in November, and things didn't go right at Aintree last time. But all the while, the handicap mark's coming down to something in the 130s. Now, bear in mind, a couple of years ago, in the, he was operating to levels a good stone above this. We know he's got an engine. We know this is probably in the plan. You say that the skeleton's like a Saturday winner. Well, this could, could well be theirs. And I just thought at six to one, I'd rather take a chance on him than kind of five to two, 11 or four Galahad Quest or six to four Stone and Silver. I thought Knight in Dubai has enough in the locker to be involved in this. And I thought six to one was fair. The next two races and the final two we're covering today are really about watching, I'd imagine, and, and not probably having a bet because we're looking at horses that are making their way to Cheltenham in a few weeks' time, all being well and with a win under their belts. The 205 is the uh, the Mare's Hurdle, the Warwick Mare's Hurdle. It's a listed race. Six of them in this one, two miles, five furlongs. And this is all about Love Envoys, and for Harry Fry and Jonathan Burke. She's won her last two. Both of those were at Sandown. Both of them were impressive. Certainly last time she won by 13 lengths, beating Martello Sky. Heavy odds on on that day. And she's going to be odds on again on Saturday. Taking her on Theatre Glory for Nikki Henderson's yard, who finished third at Kempton on Boxing Day behind Grey Downing. Can't imagine that uh, with a £10 difference in the the uh, official ratings and only £2 difference in the weights, the Love Envo would get beat by... Theatre Glory all going well. Molly Ollie's Wishes is in there as well. So is Indefatigable. Got a couple of others in there as well with Sky Ace and also Malakana. The non-runner in this one is West Balboa, who was uh, entered, but it's not going to go for the Skeletons. Love Envoy, she has to win here to uh, go on and head to Cheltenham, but she should, shouldn't she? Horses on winning streaks going to a small track. Building up to Cheltenham, what can possibly go wrong? Nothing, um, nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, been there, done it, got the T-shirt. Yeah, so what happens? Yeah. Uh, that's always in the back of your mind. There's, there's. Um, I spoke to someone yesterday. Look, not, not that we're in the same league as some of these horses we're talking about now, but there's nothing to win in these races. There's everything to lose and nothing to win because you're prepping for, for Cheltenham and it's a stepping stone, and you're not going to be 150 percent wound up. It's all the preparation. And you're there to be shot at. And look, looking at the 205 race, Love, Love, Love Envoy is very, very good. You know, there's people saying that she should go down the champion hurdle route. She can go down the mayor's route. She's getting better with every run. It would be a huge disappointment if she doesn't win this on her way to Cheltenham. Can she get beaten? Yeah, she can. 
they all they all can get beat. Yeah. It's just whether it's a going day. Um, you know, if you were finding the negatives for Love Envoy, you'd say this will be the ground will be plenty quick enough. And not not saying she can't operate on this ground, but she's very effective on soft ground. Um, she seems to just travel through her races with with consummate ease. Um, if this is good ground and it's potentially heading that way, it's going to be the fastest ground she's ever had. And there's no reason to suggest that she won't like it. She's won on good soft in the past, but she might not operate to her very, very best. And look, her, her two runs at Sandown this season have been mightily impressive. And she is a really, really smart mare. But Theatre Glory is good. Theatre Glory is better than Theatre Glory showed last time. Um, uh, took the scenic route, put it politely at Kempton last time. And uh, kept on fair enough over over two five. Um, the handicap mark is of, of Theatre Glory is is one three seven. I'm surprised they're coming to this race. I, th- I thought Theatre Glory would go down the handicap route at route at, at Cheltenham. That's perfect for a race like something like the Coral Cup or whatever. But they obviously think she's up to this and. Look, I think if I had to have a bet in the race, I'd probably bet Theatre Glory. Um, do I think she'll win? Ooh. I think she'll give Love Envoy a, a, a more of a race than the market thinks. Um, so when when people are sitting there and they're on a Saturday and they're looking for their their bets and they see the kind of uh, Love Envoy to win by ten or more lengths or whatever it may be, I, I'd definitely be in the under camp. I think um, I think she'll have to do it the hard way. Um, in this and you know when when firms open up the, the betting on theater you know betting without you know i'd rather be with theater glory than molly's ollie's wishes i don't know how they'll bet in that particular contest i think i think um um theater glory can can definitely give love envoy a race but um yeah it, w- it wouldn't be a, a, a betting race for me but i think it's going to be closer between the pair than the market might suggest all right okay well the 240s we finish off our coverage today in the UK is a two-miler. It is the Kingmaker Novices Chase, which is a grade two. And just the four are going, and three of them are taking on John Bond for the Nicky Henderson Yard of JP Colours. Been very impressive uh, in his two runs so far this year. In November at Warwick, won there very nicely by seven lengths. December went to Sandown on Tingle Creek Day, won by eight lengths, been in Boot Hill on that occasion he does seem to love these uh, chase fences just as much as he loved the hurdles. And uh, he is the one to beat here. Haddix does Oboe, goes for the Gary Moore team, horse in good form, but uh, rated much lower, about £13 lower. Haddix does Oboe, winning at uh, Doncaster over the extended two miles and at Warwick as well in mid-January. We've got uh, Base Rock going for Sandy Thompson and uh, Calico, for Dan and Harry Skelton, just the four. Are we going to watch John Bond perform as we've seen him so far en route to the big festival? Yeah, John Bond's looked terrific over fences. Um, he looks the standout home team two-mile novice chaser. Um, he might even be the best of England and Ireland. His, his form with El Fabiolo at Aintree last year now looks... Bang rock solid. El Fabiola was hugely impressive at the Dublin Racing Festival, yeah. and those two look like the two um, who will fight out the Arkle finish. Um, 
he's been brilliant in two runs, beat Monreal at Warwick, so we know he handles the track first time up. Uh, and then was really impressive uh, when he beat Boot Hill back in December at Sandown. This is when Kingmaker is the perfect prep race for him. Um, yeah, he was the only horse able to kind of chase home Constitution Hill in the in the Supreme last year. Um, look, he's he's very very talented. He's great on winning hurdler, and is a pretty flawless foot perfect chaser. Um, Eleven to eight for the Arkles at the time of recording. He'll be a lot shorter after he kind of wins this, and I expect him to win. Um, he's got to give five pounds to some useful horses. Um, Hadid Zobo of Gary Moore's is the obvious one. He's he's kind of getting his act together over fences. He's been um, backed in recent days for the Arkle. You've seen his price shorten up, but whether he's actually um, uh, a, a genuine Arkle contender or not remains to be seen. I'm not also convinced he's not a bit of a mudlark and whether he wants the decent ground I'm, I'm not so sure um, but look this will be another test or another step on the route to the Arkle for Jean Bon um, it would be a major surprise <coughs> major surprise if he doesn't um, if he doesn't win this I think he'll be he'll be in many people's accumulators on Saturday there's a few short ones in there you know people will be um, throwing uh, the short ones in at um Grenatine at, at, at Newbury and with this fellow I'd imagine to try and get as close to even money as they can with a with a double and, and I'd be really surprised barring accidents if he, if he wasn't to win you you wouldn't imagine that um, Hadis Azobo would have the gears to to knuckle down and beat beat Jean Bon and um, he's kind of I think he's like two to seven best price or one to three best price you know, if the short ones win at Newbury and it comes to this, he'll be nearer one to six, one to seven coming off. Um, but I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get the job done. Let's take our usual look to Sunday's meeting at Shatin Racecourse in Hong Kong with our Hong Kong expert, Wally Pyra. And Wally, we're starting nice and early with the time difference. Five o'clock, the first race, UK time and once again we've got 10 races coming up to enjoy on TV this early Sunday morning. You're right there's um, there's eight races on the turf and two on the all weather the, the all weather races are quite competitive, quite worth looking at but the star of the show on the card on Sunday, it has to be a horse trained by John Size called Beauty Eternal and the reason why is it was a winner of its, he's a winner of two of its three races. It should have been three from three, but it was a tragedy when the the horse was uh, beaten. Um, when was he beaten? He was he never saw daylight. He was impeded, uh, so it should have been three three. It should have been three from three. All his wins have come over six furlongs. In fact, his three runs have been over six furlongs. Two of them were from negative high draws and he suffered wide journeys, but he still won. Now, the big thing is that this, um, the son of Star Spangled Banner, he steps up to seven furlongs for the first time. Now, size is always very down to earth about his horses. He never, he never G's them up. Uh, but there's been an awful lot of media speculation about this four-year-old, with people thinking he could possibly give size his fourth win in the 
million Hong Kong derby next month. And in fact, I see some bookmakers in the UK only 10 to 1 about him winning the race. Now, remember, we are talking about a horse that's only run over six furlongs and the derby's over 10 furlongs. So you're asking a bit there. His breeding doesn't scream out about him being a middle distance performer, although he's, he's damn Ithacan Queen was uh, quite useful over middle distances. He's owned by um, the Quok family. And the Quok family, obviously, they owned Beauty Generation. All the horses are prefix Beauty because Quok and his family own hundreds and hundreds of beauty shops. Sasa, they're very famous in Hong Kong. The colours, black, pink and white spots, they're also very famous. Quok, the Quok family also uh, own the probably the present favourite for the Hong Kong derby called Beauty Verse, who was an encouraging run in the Hong Kong Mile a couple of weeks back. The horses best over 10 furlongs plus. In fact, won the South African, sorry, South Australian derby over a mile and five furlongs. So he's obviously going to be a better horse over the derby and maybe even further. But all eyes will are going to be on this horse. The great big plus for him and Perton this time is he's drawn one. So he's going to get an economical journey. He's probably going to start at prohibitive odds, but mm. It's very exciting to watch, see how this horse is, if he progresses further, and we'll see what goes on. Now, the opposition, it includes a horse called Majestic Colour, the top weight, um, won a Group 3 Wink Guineas in uh, the Winks Guineas over a mile in Australia. He won a good race a few weeks back over seven furlongs. He was in had a wide draw in that race, and unfortunately he's got another wide draw in this contest so he's going to have another tough journey um there's a newcomer called chow sorry chu chow spirit he's a nice newcomer trial very good as an australian group three winner so he's worth looking out for and there's an another first starter called alacrity ex-chilean gelding won four races and placed twice in 10 runs in his home country Breeding suggests that he's best over a, a mile and further, so he probably might need this first run, and the trip will be probably too short. But they're the horses to keep an eye out for. But it will be very disappointing if Beauty Eternal gets beat. That's the the nine forty five race, isn't it? The final race. Yeah, sorry, it's the, the nine forty five. Yeah. yeah, the devoted so handicap. Just going back to Beauty Eternal, he's only off seventy four at the moment, having gone up nine pounds an easy win last time out but he's gonna to have to move up the ratings isn't he to be what they expect him to be 74 not going to win you very much in high class racing in hong kong well he he's obviously much better than this present rating and yeah. you can guarantee that size will work on him to get him up i wouldn't be too worried about his rating i'm sure that from now until um the what is it the 12th 12th of march or something like that Right. There could be another two runs in him before he runs. So, uh, okay. and I should think if he wins them both, he'll most definitely be in the derby. And mm. you can probably think that he'll be um, one of the front runners for the race. Now, okay. moving on to the other car. First of all, it was great to see Manfred Mann, the trainer, win with Lucky Swainess. 
He saddled a lucky swainers to win the Centenary Sprint Cup. Poor old Wellington got beat in that race, but he was well beat. He was he was a, a very good winner in that contest. But the big thing for Manfred Mann is that his license has been extended by the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Once you once you reach a certain age, then you're retired, put out to grass. Um, John Moore of uh, people who like Hong Kong racing will have heard of him, one of the best trainers in the history of Hong Kong racing. He got an extra year, but Manfred Mann, he would have been very hard to say, well, unfortunately, you're going to have to retire when he's got the top sprinter in Hong Kong in his stable. Um, so he obviously must have celebrated with A, that he got his licence extended, B, that Lucky Swainus um, won. His stable were in red-hot form. He's had... Uh, he's had he's saddled six winners at the last half dozen meetings. He's had four wins from his last nineteen runners. He's got half a dozen runners entered at Charlton on Sunday. Couple of interesting ones to have a look out for. There's a horse called M M Nebula. Um, he's only a class four uh, performer, but he makes his first appearance on the all weather surface. In the uh, what is it? Um, a six furlong handicap at seven o'clock. I know that's early in the morning, but his trial form on the dirt has been very, very good. He's got an inside draw, which is a bonus. So he's worth watching out for. I mean, he's got the horses like stand up. They can't. He, he keeps going close in all his races, but doesn't win. Had a fill and last start winner, colourful prince to beat. But all in all, I would expect him to run well. But of more interest to me from um, Man Stable is this lightly raced horse called Hero Icon, who lines up in a six furlong handicap at 8.35. I watched him last time. He, he was an encouraging performance because he had a tough and wide journey in that race, but he stayed on strongly in the closing stages. This time, he's got an inside draw. Got Matthew Poon on it. Poon was back in form last uh, last weekend. Sure to improve. Now, fast buck from the size and Purton combinations is an obvious favourite and will be pretty short. Wide blue yonder, holy power. They're obvious dangers. So I expect that hero icon could be quite attractive odds. But I think that he's going to run very well. And finally... We do have to say about our favourite horse, Senor Toba, <laughs> who actually got his head in front in the Group 3 Centenary Vars over nine furlongs last Sunday, mm -hmm. given a great ride by uh, Bowman, Hugh Bowman, really, really good polished ride it was. Now, he's going to go and run in the Amir Trophy in Qatar next Saturday over a mile and a half. Now, that is Senor Toba's optimum distance. Then mind about nine furlongs last Sunday. It was supposedly meant to be, it was like a merry-go-round for jockeys here. It was supposed to be Marrera right. who was going to ride it. Marrera had obviously got his country mixed up. <laughs> he thought, yeah, he thought it was Saudi Arabia and this, that and the other. And he, he suddenly found he was riding at the wrong meeting. So Marrera was booked to ride it, then couldn't ride it. Oh, Bowman, I think Bowman, who wanted to ride it, 
But Founds said, no, I've got Moreira to ride it. I think Bowman was a little bit upset. So um, Founds obviously went back to Bowman and said, look, I've got it wrong. You can ride it. But I don't think that Bowman was too happy about that. So he's right. turned it down. And we've got our own Harry Bentley, who mm. had such good form over in Qatar for a number of years. He's been booked to ride it. So anybody keep... Keep an eye out next Saturday at Qatar, their big race there, the Amia Trophy. Um, fingers crossed, and it'll be good because Bentley's having a bit of a tough time in Hong Kong at the present. I think he's gone mm. about 50-odd rides without a winner. He started off all right at the beginning of the season, but things are quieting down for him. So hopefully it'll give him a bit of a confidence with a good ride with um, Senor Toba. Can I just ask you very quickly about your friend Richard Gibson? Because you said that the stable's been out of form dramatically. Wellington obviously ran well in second. But then Richard Gibson had a winner in the 915 last weekend with Happy Together, who went off favourite. How on earth could you send that one off favourite when the stable been so out of form? No, 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 no. Listen, Chris, you've got to get it right, mate. What you what you haven't said is that uh, Richard Gibson trained the first winner on the Sunday on that meeting on the Sunday. Ernest earned Ernest feeling. He did. Um yes, he looked I I thought it could be a red letter day. I forget about Ernest feeling, but I thought, well, you got Wellington and the horse that he rode last, um the Bedell, who had obviously been out of form, um, had run such an encouraging race behind Voyage Bubble that um, everything was right for him to run a big race. Yes, I agree that Gibson's horses were out of form, but the fact was that he had a winner earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. Wellington ran as – he ran okay. He ran yeah, okay. Yeah, he ran was just okay. beaten by about a horse on the day. Yeah. So the fact that he went off favourite, he was entitled to go off favourite because he was the best horse in the race. He was very unlucky last time. Mm. And the fact is, I am, I believe that he's probably better than his winning form last Sunday because he's a horse that is much better coming back, coming from behind. But quite rightly, Bedell, he had the draw in his favour. Bedell, quite rightly, didn't take any chances. But he had to do it tough from the front of the field and stayed on, so it was good. It was great for Gibson. Very, very pleased that he got a winner. Thanks, Wally. Well, that's all for today. Thanks to Bill Esdale for his preview. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's racing action in the UK and Hong Kong. So please make sure that you join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Music.